Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another solo episode of the Nomad Strength Show. These shorter episodes, if you're new to the show, we generally hit a coaching point or two, uh, or there are shorter topics, ask me any things, um, anything that I think can be some practical advice that you can take away from the episode and implement right away. They're usually shorter shows. Sometimes they're not practical advice at all. Sometimes it's top five lists of my favorite movies. Um, today, however, we are going to talk about a little bit of both of those things because this is a top five list, but we're going to be talking exercises. Uh, these are my top five nomad exercises. And I'm saying nomad because these are the ones that I program the most often. If you're someone who follows my programming, you remember one of my coaching groups, you are going to maybe have uh, some visceral reactions to a couple of these exercises, depending on uh, how you do with them. But these are the ones that everybody who follows the program uh, knows very well. And there's a lot of carryover. There's a lot of um, skill development, skill transfer to other things that we do. But it's built upon uh, really these exercises. And they're the reason that I incorporate them as frequently as I do. I And, and to clarify and to put some sort of, I don't know if it's even a disclaimer, I obviously program other things, uh, other aspects of our training. But what I want to convey here is like, these are my favorite five. These are kind of the, the foundation, I guess you could say, of what I believe to be effective uh, when it comes to exercise. So I get a lot of questions about like, hey, I, I'm in a time crunch. I'm in a time crunch. What are some things that I can do to uh, be super effective with minimal amount of time? Well, how can I get the most bang for my buck out of these exercises? I get that question all the time. And the idea of really the nomad strength 
you know, lifestyle, if you want to put it that way, is we're, we're minimal with our approach to equipment needed, uh, time needed, all of these things. And so how can we get that, you know, the, the phrase minimum effective dose is really the idea why we're, why I'm including these. So um, some of these will have a piece of equipment attached to them. Some of them will not. Uh, I could do, you know, like top five body weight exercises, but there's not really a ton outside of the, you know, top five bodyweight exercises that really be like, here are the five bodyweight exercises. Um, however, and you know, as far as equipment goes, I understand that everybody's going to have access to all this equipment. Um, this is going to kind of go hand in hand with another episode that we did very early on about building out a home gym. I gave my priorities on what I would go for first when building out a home gym. So um, if you're needing some advice in that realm, we actually did an episode on that a long time ago. This is going to deal strictly with just the uh, with just the exercises. So first on the list, and these are not like ranked five to one or anything. Uh, these are just the five, um, because I don't have any ranking for them. They're all utilized in their own way for their own purpose. Uh, but we're going to go body weight first and that's going to be pull-ups, uh, pull-ups number one on the list, relative strength, uh, meaning moving your own body weight is extremely important. I know many guys who are brutally strong and, uh, you know, can't move their body through space very well, very effectively. And, when we're talking about how does this translate into real world strength, real world scenarios, you know, sure, you're going to have a, a level, a foundational level of strength being able to lift a ton of weight. But from a health perspective, we need to be able to move our own body very well. It just makes you so much more well-rounded when it comes to strength. And pull-ups, I think, are the perfect expression of relative strength. Uh, when I was running track in college, my track coach used to say that I can tell who the fastest people are on the team before even seeing them run because I can see how many pull-ups they can do. And I cannot, you know, maybe one exception, he was right. Um, it's, it's exactly the case. Like people who can move their body well through space are going to be more athletic people. And so that's why pull-ups are on there. There's a lot of protocols in order to get better at pull-ups. My favorite is like an old Pavel approach called greasing the groove which means, you know, I've got one of those door jam pull-up bars that hang up in my house. Uh, what you can do if we're talking about the skill of pull-ups and getting better at pull-ups, uh, every time you walk by it, do a sub-maximal amount, meaning, you know, you're not going to failure. You want to go uh, reps to perfect technique and then back off with if you've got a few in the tank. So if you can only do, you know, like three or four pull-ups, uh, with good technique before fail, then you would do just one or two every time you walk by the, the pull-up bar though. Um, if you can do more, maybe you're doing anywhere from three to six pull-ups every time you walk by that thing. And throughout the day, you know, especially if you work at home and you're walking by that pull-up bar all the time, you know, you're accumulating tons of rest with, a, you know, a, or tons of reps with a good amount of rest in between. So you're actually developing the skill of doing pull-ups, um, really effectively. And again, moving your body through space, that relative strength is extremely important. So pull-ups on the list, first one on the list. Uh, second one on the list, we're going to go with an implement here. Not surprising, you know, if you've listened or know who I am at all, uh, kettlebell swings are on the list. Uh, they are in my, they're my favorite exercise ever. 
Like if I were to pick a single favorite exercise, they would be my favorite exercise. Um, I just love the power development, the strength development, the coordination, the core strength involved, the grip strength involved, especially when you get heavy kettlebells, which I believe everybody should be swinging heavy kettlebells. Uh, It's just second to none in terms of the development I believe it gives you. And uh, this isn't a, you know, we're trying to build mass, you know, we're, we're trying to look a certain way aesthetically. That's not necessarily what kettlebells are for at all, um, especially swings. But if we're trying to be really fit, really strong, especially if we've got heavy bells, um, kettlebell swings are as good as it gets. And, and these are one of those ones where you can have different benefit using different rep ranges. You know, if you've got a big, huge bell, you're obviously not going to be doing tons of reps. Um, but in my experience, I, I generally don't program more than, uh, than 15 to 20 swings in any one set. Um, we may accumulate more than that over the course of a workout. Uh, but generally they're not right back to back from each other. Um, because technique with swings is massively important and, you know, around 12 to 15 reps that just tends to break down no matter really the weight. And if it's too light and you're not breaking down, then the weight's too light. So really, I I tend to think that like that 10 to 15 rep range for swings is really like the money area for swing reps. Um, You could break that up into, I mean, you could do several sets of that with adequate rest, but uh, for developing strength, for developing power, you know, coordination, all of that uh, hip drive, hip explosiveness, that's how I tend to program them in. Again, if we've got a really heavy set, maybe we're in like the five to eight rep range, but there's just so much carryover for kettlebell swings. And and that's why they're a favorite of mine and they're programmed all the time. And the guys that do them, they, they might say they don't like them, but then almost all the time afterwards, we're like, man, I, I'm feeling so much better after doing all these kettlebell swings. My back feels great. My hips feel great. I feel strong. Uh, they're the best. And that, and that's it. They're the best. Um, even though I put them number two on this list, but again, the list isn't ranked. So number three, I'm going to go to a different implement and I'm going to go sandbag squats. Now this is, there's several reasons I put sandbag squats on here versus a barbell front squat or a kettlebell goblet squat. Uh, both of which have extremely high value, lots of benefit to both, uh, back squats even too. The goal with a sandbag squat is not to move the most weight possible. Because if your goal was to move the most weight possible, you'd pick a barbell. It's designed to efficiently move the most weight you can. The goal with a sandbag squat is to get brutally strong using a extremely an extremely awkward object to wrangle or wrestle in some cases uh, because it shifts, it moves, it truly is just dead weight. And there is a massive difference in picking up a 150-pound barbell and picking up a 150-pound sandbag. And But one of, the, one of the great things about sandbag squats as far as the technique is concerned is you can put a sandbag in, uh, you know, bear hug style on someone's chest, arms wrapped around it like a bear hug and squat with it. And you can do this with someone who's never squatted in their life. And because of the way that the load is managed through the joints and where the load is positioned on their body, 
they will automatically have very good squat technique, you know, even if it's someone who has never squatted before. So sandbag squats are one of my favorites for people who are very new, uh, which may seem counterintuitive to some because we're loading heavy, you know, and I say heavy, I don't mean everybody's doing a hundred pound sandbag. It's obviously going to be relative to your own strength, but if you can pick up a sandbag, a heavy-ish sandbag, and have it be challenging to hold, bear hug it and squat with it, you know, as low as you can, you're going to have good squat technique, even if you've never trained to squat before. So that's why it's one of my favorites, because it has such high carryover and high benefit and potential to build good habits from the very beginning, good movement patterns from the very beginning. And so just like anything else, you get strong with a certain weight, you can then get a bigger bag, a bigger bag, to the point where if you're squatting 150 to 200 plus pounds sandbag, you are stinking strong. Because in order to get that bag from the ground up onto your chest, you know, you're doing it somewhat like an Atlas stone, if you've ever watched like the world's strongest man stuff, same technique applies, uh, unless you know, you're taking it off a box and not picking up from the ground. But if we're talking about picking up off the ground, you're also adding in the factor of you have to pick it up off the ground and get it to your chest in order to squat it. And so it can be a huge developer of strength everywhere to where you can really just get stinking strong. And so uh, that's why I love them. Uh, lots of carryover, very natural feeling, um, even though it seems like it would be unnatural. I mean, you're picking something up off the ground and, and bear hugging it, it moves, you got to use your grip. There's just so much carryover there. That's why it's, uh, it's one of my favorites. Uh, next on the list is the other leg exercise. And it's the only other body weight exercise on the list. Uh, walking lunges. Um, I'm a firm believer of high volume walking lunges. Uh, this is one that I have done for several years. I really kind of took the idea from uh, Corey Gregory, who uh, has old school gym out in Ohio. And he started doing these 400 meter lunges. He does them every day. And sometimes he does 800 meters. Uh, I was a little bit uh, kind of confused and blown away. I was like, well, how can you do that 400 meters every day? Like your legs would just rip off the bone, right? And the first day they definitely did when I did it, but I was determined to figure out why this was working so well for him and all the guys he was training. And I just wanted to do something challenging for a while. So I started, I did 30 days going 400 meters every day. And uh, it was without a doubt, the best my low back and my hips have ever felt from a strength perspective. I wasn't lifting tons of weight outside of that. I was still doing my normal weightlifting stuff, but I wasn't doing, you know, PR levels of weight. But the blood flow that goes into your legs, into your joints, your hips, your knees, your ankles during 400 meters lunges, it's something, it's, you, it's one of those things you just have to experience it to understand. And then to experience it once and then give up because you're sore really kind of defeats the purpose of doing it. It's the doing it, you know, several times a week. And I'm telling you, it's, it's crazy how dense your muscles in your legs get when you can do that consistently without really having, I mean, when you get to the point where you can cruise 400 meters in, you know, 10 to 12 minutes and, you know, knee to the ground every time your legs are stone and uh, your, my hips always felt great when I was doing that. My low back always felt great when I was doing that. It made everything else I was doing in the gym feel really good. So I programmed that probably more than, than the guys in the coaching programs would care for. Uh, we do them frequently, but it is without a doubt one of my favorite. It's my favorite way to get uh, good blood flow and build some muscle in the legs just with that ultra high volume approach. 
but that's why it's my favorite. It's, it's on there for a reason. And then the final exercise on the list, going back to the kettlebell, is going to be the Turkish get-up. And again, probably not surprising if you if you followed me for any amount of time. I've talked about these a lot. Uh, I, you know, the concept of getting up off the ground to standing position, even if we're not talking about a kettlebell being a part of that equation, uh, that is one of the biggest indicators of all-cause mortality that exists if someone can get up from the ground to standing without aid. And there's ways that you can score that. You know, they have like a test. If you have to, every time you have to put your hand on something, you like get a point ticked off and that kind of thing. Um, So just from that skill, if we're talking about longevity and how are we going to be healthy and strong into our very last days, training things like that are going to have so much carryover for longevity because you're training a pattern that is literally going to be life-saving for you. And I'm not talking about doing get-ups with massive amounts of weight, although when you can, you're if, if you can do a get-up with really heavy weight, you are really strong. I mean, I don't necessarily care what you can deadlift on a barbell or or overhead press or power clean. If you can do a you know, really anything over a 50 to 60 pound Turkish getup. I mean, you've got some coordination, you've got some good joint strength and and you're pretty strong. And I've seen some amazing things. A lot of the guys, uh, a lot of the people that train out of Wolf Brigade are crazy strong at this. And that goes to how Greg teaches it and everybody over there teaches it. Um, there's a lot of people that if you can get really strong, you are just going to be a more capable human in a lot of ways. And I, I believe that the Turkish getup is probably the best all around expression of strength that we have because of it requires your entire body at some point or another without within the movement. And from getting flat with the kettlebell over your head, like a bench press, you're finishing a single arm bench press to standing with it straight over your head in a very precise and controlled way, not, you know, flopping yourself up and the kettlebells moving all over the place. That's not going to help you or pretend, and it might do the opposite, potentially injure you. But if you can do it in a deliberate and intentional controlled way and you can get strong at that, man, there's so much good things. There's so many good things about your strength and health at that point that it's, it speaks for itself really. So that's why the get up is on there. And that's, that's the top five list. Those are the five that are programmed, you know, I would say as a, as a unit, those five are programmed more frequently than most others, depending on what phase of training we're in and the nomad coaching programs. Uh, but we have the pull up, the sandbag squat, the kettlebell swing, walking lunges and Turkish get ups. I mean, that's, that's the bread and butter of so much stuff that we do. And if all I had to do was those five exercises for, for the rest of time, I would be in in pretty good position to be healthy for a long time. And so that's why I wanted to do this episode to give you guys a little bit of insight into the programming that we do over there. If uh, joining the coaching programs is something that's interesting to you, you need a group of uh, a group of guys to share some suffering with, get stronger together, have some community to hold you accountable, get some coaching, uh, please reach out. We're always taking in new guys into the coaching program and uh, there's guys just getting really strong in that program and doing it together as a unit. So it's been really cool to be a part of. So that's going to do it for today. I appreciate all of you listening and uh, reach out if I can help out with anything. Have a good rest of your weekend and I will talk to you guys soon. Mm